Rise and shine. Rise and shine. Chop, chop. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. It's a beautiful day. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. You guys are nerds. This is exactly what the nerds want. Our name shall become legend. Spoken in hushed tones by nerds across the galaxy. If you build it, nerds will come. Nerds must love this place. They think we're a bunch of nerds, and I'll tell you something. I think they're right. Let, let the nerds take over. Let the nerds take over! Rise and shine, nerds. We hope you've got your coffee. Because it's time for our brand new morning show for Love Thy Nerd and anyone who finds themselves at the cross-section of nerd culture and church culture. I'm Radio Matt. I'm the director of content and resources for Love Thy Nerd. And I'm Deidre, as far as you know. <laughs> Later in the show, we're celebrating nerdiness year by year. It was inspired by the fact that today is Embrace Your Geekiness Day. What better way to do that than by celebrating the things that first made us this way? Uh, but first, one of my favorite things to do on a morning show is play a game. Oh, dear. Today, Deidre and I are going to play a game in tandem. So we're on a team together. Uh, this is a game called More or Less. So today we're trying to guess which movies had higher production costs. So it's okay. going to show a movie uh, and its production costs, and then it's going to give us a second movie and ask us if it costs more or less. If okay. we get it right, we get to keep going. That movie will then move over, and it'll give us a new movie, comparing it to that one. Uh, if we get it wrong, the game ends immediately. So there's no, like, three strikes and you're out. I think our goal... Should be to get to 10 points. Unless we're just terrible for the entire time. <laughs> Unless we just, we'll just can't get up. past one. <laughs> All right. So hopefully I'm going to do this I'm right. like, are you going to get to, do I get to see it? There Ooh. we go. Ooh. Uh, and actually you're going to see the whole thing. Okay. Oh, good. All right. So it starts off with Cats. Cats <laughs> okay. 2019 had a production budget of $95 million. Was the 1999 movie The Matrix more or less? Uh, I'm going to say less just because the year difference. Yes. These, these are not, years. these are not adjusted for inflation. Yeah. 20 I years say, ago. I was going to say there might be more like VR costs and whatever that, but I feel like cats probably had a whole lot of it too. Cause yeah. they're supposed to be cats. So they're smaller. So everything around them is bigger, right? I'm assuming <laughs> there's nothing but green screen for that. So we're going to say less. I'm, I'm going to say matrix was less. Yeah, Ooh. 63. Oh, yeah. All right. Next up's Little Women, the 2019 version. How have I never seen that? I didn't even know it existed either, yeah. <laughs> uh, was it's it? not done well. But, I, I mean, how much VFX could be in that, right? Little Women. Again, I'm going to go with the years difference. I feel like. You think it's going to be more than $63 million for a remaking of Little Women? <laughs> We've never seen it. What if they added all these war <laughs> scenes? <laughs> What if they added Godzilla to the movie? <laughs> that would cost at least fifty million. <laughs> what do you think? I would guess we'll less, with... but but you're but the year thing is something to consider. So, yeah, I'm thinking more. Thinking more. I'm gonna, I'll let you have it. Oh dear. Not oh, even close. Dang it. <laughs> 40,000. Next All right. time we're going with you. Oh, All right. Cars Start 2, with my Cars favorite two. movie. <laughs> 200,000. 200 million, sorry. Holy 200 million heck. Cars 2. That's a lot. But it's all animation, so of course it's going to cost a lot of money. Versus The Lone Ranger in 2013, that's got to be less. I would feel the same. Got to be less. No, no way. No. <laughs> 225 million. Okay, we're not doing great. 2017's Beauty and the Beast, 255 million. 
Blair Witch Project 99. That was shot like on a phone, definitely, right? Yeah, it was like a <laughs> handy cam, like it was a real, real look. Look at that. Oh my 60, gosh. 60,000. So us, 2019 is obviously going to be more because anything would be more. Right, right. So that Agreed. was a gimme. 20 Agreed. million for us. It, 2017. 2017. Two scary movies here. Ugh. Um, Ugh. I feel like it would be more. I think so. I agree. This is the new version of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Thirty-five million. Phew. Cars two. Well, We've we already, already had this. Know. And we know that that was two hundred million. Yeah. Boom. Way to go, game. All right. Parasite, twenty nineteen. <sighs> I feel like this was a this was an indie movie. Okay. So this had to have had a. So lot. I feel like less. Much less. Good job. Eleven. Good job. Point four million. Oh well, way more. Rogue, Rogue, Rogue One, way more. Way more. Way yeah. more. Two hundred and twenty million. Oh, X Men Dark Phoenix. Oh ah, dear. And this was after Rogue One. Oh dear. Ah. I'm I'm gonna say more. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. This is Disney. This was Fox back then. Right. But but Fox and a movie that not a lot of people liked. You you get to pick this one because I got it wrong last time. Oh, we're at six already. We're at six. <laughs> no pressure. Oh, this is. Oh man, it can't be more than a Star Wars movie. It can't it, a Disney Star Wars movie. That it can't be more yeah, than that. Maybe. I'm gonna pick less. Oh, oh. yeah. Only 20 million. Only 20 minutes less, but I'll <laughs> count it. John Carter. This is a Disney movie as well. 2012. 2012? I'm going to feel like that's I, less. Yeah, I agree with that. Oh, no. no. What? Ugh. What? <laughs> Dang. All right, we got to seven. What's our time here? Oh, uh, I can't see. Cut them, cutting off a little bit. I love John Carter. Terrible name. <laughs> uh we've got some time all right let's try again man man okay we're gonna start with star wars rise of star skywalker i know this is cutting off a little bit on your screen and i apologize there was no real easy fix for that to where you wouldn't see browser stuff and ads uh star wars the rise of skywalker 275 million dollars the gentleman 2019 gotta be less, less. gotta be way less 22 million, yeah. Primer. Never heard of that. Looks like a scary one, though. Judging by the little picture. It's 2004. It's such a long time ago now. I'm going to say less on this, too, even though 22 million is not a lot. Okay. Oh, oh gosh. my gosh. $7,000. <laughs> <laughs> How could you even make a movie for $7,000? Incredibles two, obviously more, more, way more than, way more, yeah. two hundred million for that. Underwater, twenty twenty two. I don't know what this movie is. It's a movie underwater. It's got to be less than two hundred million, right? Something below the ocean surface. Oh, maybe not. Something maybe has not. Okay, maybe not. Underwater. That sounds like a sci fi thing now. Uh huh. That would mean uh -huh. it. That would be mean a, a monster. Mm hmm. Maybe more. Than two hundred million. <laughs> if there's a CGI monster, then yeah, maybe because yeah. you also have to have physical locations and actors. But what if it's not? What if it's just like you know, you never see it? 
That's also possible. <laughs> it's just suspenseful. Don't look at me. <laughs> Let's say more. Let's do it. Only because you said it. No. No, not even close. <laughs> Dang it. All right. Captain America Civil War. <laughs> Versus Winnie the Pooh. Versus Winnie the Pooh. Oh, that, that better have been less. Oh, Far my goodness. Less. All right. 30,000. Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. More. Also the same year, so it has to be more. I'll say more. Oh, A lot. Holy, holy cow. cow. $379 million? Jeez, Pirates of the Caribbean. <sighs> right. Save some money there. Chronicles of Narnia, Prince Caspian in 2008. That's, it's got to be less than that, right? Yeah. So. $225 million. Still more than I thought. All right. Sonic the Hedgehog. Versus Sonic the Hedgehog, 2020. Now they had to Jeez. remake the whole thing. Did that add to the cost? I bet. <laughs> They didn't remake the whole thing. They just had to reanimate all Re-animate, of Sonic. Yeah. Gosh, mm-hmm. ugly Sonic, man. And who'd have thought he'd be a, a star in his own right in the Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie? <laughs> ugly Sonic. <laughs> I don't go fast, man. That's the other guy. I go slow. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog. I'm going to say less. Yeah. I feel like it's not going to be 225. Ooh. Yeah, way less. 95 million. Okay. <laughs> High School Musical 3, senior year. It's got to be less. I hope so. Got to be less. I hope yeah, so. 11 million. Yeah. Okay. Versus Fast and the Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. I have not seen this one yet. It's got I, Idris Elba in it. I need to see it. I think that's going to be more. Yeah, absolutely. Car chases. Mm-hmm. Who knows? What else? 200 million. Absolutely. Ew. Versus Saw 4. That's obviously yes. less. Yeah. 10 million. Bambi. Bambi, 1942. Why? Okay, again, these are not adjusted for inflation, so this is yeah. just actual cost. I would it's gotta think be less. less, right? Yeah. That's yeah. more than I thought. Yeah. 858,000? Yeah. The 1942 dollars? Uncut Gems. Oh, no. It's a good movie. It's an it's one of those serious Adam Sandler movies that are usually really dang good. It's mm. got a lot of cursing in it though. A lot of cursing. Curses. A lot of curses. And just a lot of illicit behavior. I'm gonna say that's definitely Gambling. more. Yeah, definitely more. Just from the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nineteen million. Okay. Jojo Rabbit. I have no idea. <sighs> it's the same year. Feel like there's a bigger cast, bigger story to tell, probably bigger sets because Uncut Gems was just set in like pawn shops and stuff. Yeah, I would say more. I would say more. This would be 10 if we get this right. We're at nine right now. Oh my goodness. Well, then you pick. (laughs) (laughs) You already said it. You already said more. Going with yours. No! 14 million? How is it 5 million less than Uncut Gems? You I just, just hit your camera. Dang my it. Camera. Just wrecked the whole thing. Oh my gracious. No, I can't Control see yourself. where it is. Where are you? There you are. Boop. Less more, okay. less more. <laughs> <laughs> less more, less more. We cannot see your chats while we're doing this game, so it's fun to come back to this. <laughs> uh, all right, let's check our timer see and see if we, we have one more chat. All right, we have yeah, three okay. minutes and 45 seconds left on our timer. Let's okay. try it one more time. All right. Start with Star Wars The Last Jedi, $262 million versus The Shape of Water, 
It's got to be less than Star Wars. I would, I would hope so. Got to be less. Much yeah. less. $20 million for The Shape of Water. <laughs> Toy Story 3. More. Seven years behind, but I feel like, yeah, more. $200 million. All right. Avatar, the 2009 original, I think. That was when it came out, right? Wow. 2009 does not feel like it should be that long ago, but it is. Uh, uh, oh, more. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, not, not by a lot, much, though. Ooh, that was close. Uh, these photos aren't showing up. Yeah. Avatar, $237 million versus Spectre, 2015. Can't be more than Avatar. Yeah. Can't be more than Avatar. Oh. We were wrong. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> All right. We give up. We stink. We got close. We got to nine. We got to nine. I wasn't. No, I really thought we were going to make it to 10. And we just did. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Bummer. Man. They all want the. Uh, bad at this. The link. They want to know how the to link? play. You can't have the link. <laughs> Who says they want the link? I don't see the link anymore. Okay, you have to oh, send I see us it up this there. link. Okay. Never. <laughs> I will put the link in the uh, in the Discord for y'all later. Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm extremely upset. <laughs> really mad. I wish we had more time. Our first game together Our as first a game team, together and we failed, Deidre. <laughs> we failed. We we're absolutely awful. We're going to stop right there and take our first break. But when we come back, we've got today's nerdy news story. Welcome to The Lightning Round, brought to you by Moviga. I'm Steven with your weekly source for all things movies, video games, and more. Now grab your ponchos and let's catch up on this week's news. The upcoming Sims 5 game will reportedly adopt a Fortnite model, making it free to play, that also allows users to create content for other players to use. As long as I can still set up fireworks in the house, I'm in. A new Last Airbender game has been announced, featuring local and online co-op. The game's titled The Quest for Balance and will take players through the story of the original cartoon. All previous Airbender games have been pretty bad, so let's hope this one's good because right now they could really use a wind. Wind, you know what I'm saying? The Magic the Gathering line of Lord of the Rings cards saw one single card known as the One Ring released to the public. This card is worth well over $2 million and was recently found by an anonymous freaking lucky customer. So if you're interested, grab your debit card and wait for it to show up on eBay. Let's get some sports news in here for all you athletes. PepsiCo released a Pepsi-flavored ketchup known as Cola Chup in a few baseball stadiums across America on July 4th. So unfortunately, you know, it's already over, but I thought you should know what you missed out on. Go team! Greta Gerwig, director of the upcoming Barbie movie, has been hired by Netflix to direct two new movies based on C.S. Lewis' The Chronicles of Narnia series. No word yet on what those two films will be, but you know, it's a great series, so hopefully we'll get to see every book get the big screen treatment, just, you know, on the small screen still. Well, it looks like the storm has passed. Be sure to check out the Moviga podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to that sort of thing, where we're talking all things movies, video games, and more. I'm Steven, and thanks again for joining me this week for The Lightning Round.
Welcome back to Rise and Shine, nerds, LTN's brand new morning show. And there are four ways that you can experience our show. The one we want to tell you about today is for the super fans. You can binge watch us live on Twitch. We record the shows live on Saturday mornings in one big bingeable stream. Plus, your chat is live on the screen and used in the show. And there will even be opportunities to be on the show through the LTN Discord. Let's talk about emojis. Ooh. All right. All right. Uh, this is a story from the globeandmail.com. A Saskatchewan judge says an emoji can amount to a contractual agreement. Okay. And ordered a farmer to pay more than $82,000 for not delivering product to the grain buyer after responding to a text message with a thumbs up. <laughs> I knew it was going to be the thumbs up, too. I knew. The Court of King's Bench decision said that the grain buyer with uh, Southwest Terminal sent a text to farmers in March of 2021 saying that the company was looking to buy 86 tons of flax for $17 per bushel to be delivered in the fall. The buyer, Kent Mickleborough, later spoke with shift current farmer Chris Archer on the phone and texted a picture of a contract to deliver the flax in November adding, please confirm flax contract. Archer texted back a thumbs up emoji, but when November came around, the flax was not delivered and prices for the crop had increased. Mickleborough said that the emoji amounted to an agreement because he had texted numerous contracts to Archer who previously confirmed through text message and always fulfilled the order. But the farmer argued that the emoji indicated only that he had received the contract in the text message. I deny that he accepted the thumbs up emoji as a digital signature of the incomplete contract, Archer said in an affidavit to court. I did not have time to review the flax contract and merely wanted to indicate that I did receive his text message. Mm -hmm. Justice Timothy Keene said in a June decision that the thumbs up emoji did meet signature requirements and therefore the farmer breached his contract. The judge pointed to the dictionary.com definition of the thumbs up emoji, which said it is used to express assent, approval, or encouragement in digital communications. She said, this court readily acknowledges that a thumbs up emoji is a non-traditional means to sign a document, but nevertheless, under these circumstances, this was a valid way to convey the two purposes of a signature, Keene wrote in her decision. Uh, she noted that while this case is novel, emojis are now commonly used, and therefore this is in fact an agreement. Wow. So I hand out thumbs up emojis like candy on Halloween. <laughs> so who knows what I'm legally on the hook for now. <laughs> and in, in our office, so we... A long time we did not have like any sort of communi our little communication on our computers was strictly text. It was like black and green. It was like old old school garbage. <laughs> like back when computers didn't have mouse. It Mouses, was called intercom. Mice. But, yeah. But they recently went to Microsoft Teams and we have access to all the emojis. And the thumbs up can be used in two different ways. It can acknowledge mm -hmm. or be a affirmative. Mm -hmm. Like we use it both ways. Like I could see, I could see both sides of that argument. That was like, you need to approve this contract. That was an okay. I'll look at it. Right. Not a approved. Right. Yeah. And yeah. even even in in real life, like I've used it as like someone telling me, "Hey, this this this," and I'll be like. Got it. Right. Thumbs up. Yeah. As in, I have heard you. I acknowledge this. Yeah. Get back to you later. 
Uh-huh. That could also mean I will do this for you. Yes, <laughs> it's an agreement. Right. And yeah. So I I don't I can see the argument both ways too. I don't I don't know. But, yeah. But as a, it just ta- it feels like it takes a little bit of a leap of like, but this is the same thing as a signature on a contract. Right. Is it? Right. Is it really? Don't we need notaries? I thought we should have it. Well, I guess that's in the United States and this is in Canada, but still, like, <laughs> that's a bit much. That's a bit much. Uh, Trombone Dog asks, uh, is it the emoji itself or reacting to the message with the emoji? Like the little, you push and hold right. and you can give a reaction. I don't know. Right. They yeah. feel like two different things, but maybe they aren't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move on to France. Story from NPR.org. President Emmanuel Macron is partially blaming video games for the spread of violence in France following the shooting death of a teenager during a police traffic stop in Paris suburb last week. Uh, NPR reports, it sometimes feels like some of them are uh, are experiencing on the streets the video games that have intoxicated them, Macron said in a press conference on July 1st. He added the protesters using Snapchat and TikTok to organize themselves and spread a mimicking a violence which for the youngest leads to a kind of disconnect from reality. Concerns that video games promote shootings, massacres, or rioting are now about half a century old. Uh, it has been traced back to the 1976 release of Death Race, an arcade video game which put players behind a wheel of a car to mow down humanoid figures for points. The uh, That was referenced on uh, The Office, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I did get 200 points <laughs> in a deleted scene for running over Meredith. Um, the argument gained renewed traction in the 1990s with the release of much more realistic first-person shooter games. Uh, it's an old boogeyman uh, that politicians have latched onto in the wake of horrific tragedies, but it has become less common as troves of studies have largely concluded that there is no casual link between video games and actual violent behavior. Mm-hmm. Christopher Ferguson, a professor, a professor, a professor, Uh, uh, at Stetson University in Florida, who has studied the impact of such games on the public, said he is surprised at Macron's comments. The president is 45 years old and belongs to a generation raised with video games. So seeing him mention this is almost anachronistic. Uh, Ferguson said, sounding perplexed, the evidence is very clear. Whatever may be going on in France, whatever violence is occurring, it's certainly not due to violence in video games. Decades of research, especially long-term experiments spanning decades, have consistently found that playing violent video games do not cause even prank-level aggressive behaviors, let alone violent crimes, Ferguson said. He also noted that overall violent crime in the U.S. dropped significantly between 1993 and 2020, the same period during which violent video games soared in popularity. And it's not just in the United States. A 2019 study out of Oxford University determined that ev- uh, early vi- violent video game playing among British teenagers did not predict serious or violent criminal behavior later in life. According to Ferguson, if video games were the cause of rampant violence, the countries uh, like Japan, South Korea, and the Netherlands, which consume more violent video game per capita, games per capita, would be rife with bloodshed. Instead, mm-hmm. they are three of the most peaceful countries on the planet in terms of violent crime. You could wave a magic wand and take all these people's video games away, and that's not going to have any effect in any way going to help their lives, uh, and not effect in going to help their lives uh, or reduce their aggression. So why do politicians turn to this familiar refrain? Ferguson said it is the way to uh, 
for elected leaders to shift the blame away from failing government policies. Mm. Gets people talking about the wrong thing. They're thinking about video games. They're not thinking about gun control or whatever inequalities are happening in France, Ferguson said. <sighs> wow. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Weird that it keeps happening. Yeah. Over and over and over. Over and over again. Uh, sounds like the scare in the late forties about comics and the eighties with music. Yep. Nineties or eighties and nineties with D and D and Harry Potter and all that kind of stuff. It's all, everything's bringing about the, the destruction of society. Uh, comics was about comics. just had like a lot of a gore into them and stuff. So it had a lot of violence in comic books too. And didn't really have mm-hmm. a, that's how the comics code came about. We talked about that. In our first week. Okay. Uh, Death Race 2000. Fun movie with Sylvester Stallone and David Carradine. That's right. I forgot they made that into a movie. Uh, but yeah, so that's where we're at. That's, that's where we're at. France is, France is on fire right now. <laughs> in a bad way. France is on fire. And we're not hearing about it all that much over here. You get on TikTok, though, and you see it. Just... It it feels like France, huh? it feels like um, when we were turning on the news in the middle of 2020 and we had all the the riots and things going on the fires and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. like that's what it looks like here like it's it's wow France is having a problem right now but let's take one more break when we get back we're diving into our main topic nerding out over the past. Hey fam, this is Hector Mirai, and you're listening to Faith and Fandom 180 on LTN Radio. So Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom has the potential to be one of the most replayable video games in a long while. Not because of the storyline per se, but because of the addition to the game of Zonai devices and the ability to build things. Um what I look at for like simple mechanics of getting a hot air balloon together or you know getting a stone from one place to another people have taken to like building immaculate crazy contraptions like uh, automated homing weapons with 18 lasers I'm not exaggerating and missiles and ballistics stuff stuff that literally could fund an entire school's STEM program that people have taken to just creating these amazing contraptions. And like, I've even seen someone recreate the Batmobile from the Dark Knight, including the detachable Batbike. And if you are a TikToker, you'll, you'll see hours and hours and hours of people just creating all of these amazing things. But uh, one of the things I realized as I was playing some Zelda last week, I was at a camp, had some free time, and I spent a lot of time like acquiring new uh, weapons and upgrading my armor. And I was doing these things because even though building stuff is fun, like there's a point to the game. There's, there's a storyline. There's a, uh, an end. And I was down to two missions. Destroy Ganondorf, find Zelda. Those were my two missions. And at the end of the day, that's the whole plot of the game. And it's really easy to get distracted in all the things you can do to the point that you don't ever get around to actually completing what you're meant for. And it reminded me of this verse in Ephesians 2.10, 
where the Apostle Paul says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with just enjoying the ability to build things, enjoying the ability to create and do all this other stuff, especially in a game. But I think in life, and sometimes especially in the life of a believer, we get hung up on side quests and side adventures and miss the actual mission we're called to. If you'd like to learn more about Faith and Fandom, head on over to faithandfandom.org where you can learn about our Comic-Con ministry, podcast, memes, apparel, and book series. You can even read new chapters before they make it to the next book. I'm Hector Mirai, and thank you for spending the last 180 seconds with me. and shine nerds ltn's brand new morning show before we jump into our main topic today we've got a podcast recommendation if you are a fan of comic books including uh, marvel dc and several other outlets too then we've got the podcast for you chris and hector bring us the latest from the comic industry uh, reviews of their latest pulls and their number one recommendations every other week the pull list uh, returns in August, so catch up now at lovethynerd.com slash pull list. Yep, yep. Uh, Mosaic Fan Art in our chat has been on that show uh, okay. a couple times, or at least once. Cuckoo. <clears throat> As a big comic book fan himself. This week, we are looking back at what we nerded out over in years gone by. And today we're wrapping up our nerdy history session for this season, as well as bringing our short first season to a close by looking at 1988. And uh, we're going to kick it off with just the, the biggest meme of all time, maybe. Rick Astley's <laughs> Never Gonna Give You Up came out in 1988. Never gonna, never gonna give, give you up. up. Never gonna give, never gonna give. Uh, dude had a deep, soulful voice for a skinny white ginger. <laughs> <laughs> like I, well, you know, like most people who first heard that before they saw him, thought it was like this big soulful black man mm -hmm. and it was little white Rick Astley with his <laughs> with his uh with his red hair mm -hmm. and his jacket dancing just <laughs> back and forth so of course that has been made into the famous Rick Rolling all over the internet uh, started with just like links. It was like, oh, here's this crazy news story of look what Bill Clinton did or whatever. And you mm -hmm. click on it and it's, you know, Rick <laughs> right. is never going to give you up. Yeah. Uh, to now it's evolved more into people like hiding the lyrics in things and yes. seeing if people see it. Uh -huh. uh, that's always fun. <sighs> uh, this was also the year that Big came out. Tom Hanks. Yeah. Little boy. Finds a Zoltar machine uh -huh. and wishes to be big, and he becomes an adult. And it gets weird. And it gets inappropriate. Because he's only what? Because he's a little kid. 12? Yeah. And he has relations with an adult woman. <laughs> and nobody, 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 nobody thought that and maybe we shouldn't do that. <laughs> Let him kiss or something, but not all, don't do it all the way. Because <laughs> he's 12. That's the premise of the movie. 
He's a 12 year old in an adult body. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, it was a fun movie. It was. Uh, the, the whole becoming a, a guy that, an adult active no an active player in the a toy company right helping them do that dancing on the, the on piano the scene, piano scene yes. with the owner like uh-huh. that was really cool i like that yeah. it was a good movie it was one of the one of the old classics of tom hanks uh-huh. uh who framed roger rabbit came okay. out now, this was one of those this is that first big crazy combination of live action and animation mm-hmm. which we wouldn't really see Again, in the same style until a couple years ago, or it was the last year with uh, oh, Chip and Dale, with Chip and Dale's Rescue yeah. Rangers movie, uh-huh. which nobody knew that's what that was going to be. Right, like it went straight to Disney Plus, and it was like we got a Chip and Dale Rescue. Well, oh, I remember that as a kid. And then you got this, and like, what the heck is happening here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how are all these characters in here? Now they did, um, like for Mary Poppins, it's got that's true. They added a few little cartoon. There's a cartoon theme with elements the, into it. Yeah, with the penguins and. But it wasn't a. It wasn't the whole movie. It was a segment, like the Roger. Yeah, Rabbit. they were that's in the, the painting. Movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Roger Rabbit. It was good. It was weird. I remember seeing it as a kid and going, "This is bonkers," and mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. Uh, right. I also feel like it was, it was not. It was really more. A kid it was more adult. Yeah. yeah. It was more adult oriented. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was good. This one, Micro Machines. They didn't come out in 1988, but this is when they actually hit their popularity, their stride. This is when they took off. Micro mm-hmm. Machines, the teeny tiny little Hot Wheels, you know. Uh, okay. Not from I think that I think they're Matchbox that does Micro Machines, really tiny little cars, and they could get really detailed and really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the things that were featured in Home Alone as the things that they stepped on. Yeah. Uh, when they, when the little Marv stepped on when he's trying to get in. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. That was broken bulbs. Micro Machines were to trip them to make them slip in the middle of something. Anyway, they were one of the things <laughs> that were used because his dad told him to clean up his micro machines because his aunt almost slipped and broke her neck. Uh, uh, they were dangerous. They were they were second only to marbles really? <laughs> in what would make you trip and die uh, <laughs> toys on a hard floor. Uh, <laughs> but it was uh, it was beautiful. Mosaic brought up a point about he framed roger rabbit and it brought together disney and wb animation i do know that there's mm. a collaboration between the two studios which was like a really rare thing right uh, yeah. really cool uh mike tyson's punch out came out in 1988 so this was that classic boxing game which you had back then on the nes it was really okay. good now i had always heard because like a few years later they cut mike tyson out of it completely and they renamed it punch out and Mike Tyson was like the last boxer that you boxed in the game. They cut him mm-hmm. out, made a different bad guy to be the last character. And I always heard that Mike Tyson had done something. Like mm. he had gotten involved in some scam. This was long before he bit the ear off of Andrew Holyfield. It was just, um, just a normal, like I, I, I thought that he had just gotten into some sort of terrible thing. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't the case at all. There was no controversy. It's just that he only had a three-year deal with Nintendo to use his likeness. Oh. And after that three years, apparently they just couldn't keep making it with his likeness on it. So they had to retool it and re-release it for sales moving forward. And I don't think they expected it to sell more than three years. Mm. 
but uh it was definitely a like mosaic says an og with the nes it was a it was a classic game for sure and then of course it came out with super punch out with uh, the snes really good stuff classic boxing and now we have arms yeah. the switch which kids love it the kids love it but it wasn't a success for yeah. Mar- for for nintendo but they did put one of the characters in super smash brothers brawl Oh, or, or ultimate or whatever it is. What's that? What's that now? I don't remember. It's Brawl, isn't it? It's, I don't, don't ask me. Whatever no. it is. <laughs> whatever is out right now, the Super Smash Brothers that's out now has an ARMS character. I just so like the music cool. in ARMS. The, the music's pretty dope. Oh, <laughs> uh, Die Hard came out in 1988. It's the classic Christmas okay. movie. Die Hard. Did it come out in at Christmas? It came out around Christmas, yeah. yeah. That's why it's Christmas themed, mm-hmm. which is typically the case, except Iron Man 3 broke that mold. It's like, we're going to release a Christmas movie in June or whenever <laughs> it was. We're, we're ready now, so yeah. we're just going to go ahead and get this out there. Dyer came out. I, that was one of those movies that I had not watched until an adult, like a couple years ago. And I think it's because I didn't watch it when I was younger that I still don't like it. <laughs> I want to like it. It feels like a movie I should like, and I don't like it, and I don't want to watch you it. You don't have that whole blast from the past. Yeah, feel. I really feel like most people are just experiencing a nostalgia effect for yeah. that movie. Yeah, And that's why they fight so hard for it to be considered a Christmas movie that you watch every year, but <laughs> it's not. I really did mess up your camera, didn't I? You're off. There you go. Okay. Uh, next up is The Great Outdoors. Starring John Candy and Dan Aykroyd. Uh, I believe they were brothers-in-law, and so both their families were up there. But John Candy's family was nuts. And Dan Aykroyd was the straight-laced one. Do you remember this movie? I don't They were in a lodge it. together. There was a bat in one of the scenes, and they had to try to get the bat out of the freaking lodge. You remember this at all? <laughs> no, I wonder if I, I haven't know, seen no, it. No, we watched it, because I bought it. was one of those DVDs that I bought. Okay. Uh, out of the $5 bin. So I know we've watched it, but okay. it's been a long, long time. It's uh, The bear chases John Candy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you, I, okay. I feel like you would, you would immediately recognize it when you started so. watching it. Maybe so. Um, but I feel it was like a, I recall good. the cover, like yeah, know, yeah. them on the cover. Two of them standing next uh-huh. to each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. That's exactly what the cover is. Yeah. Uh, it's really good. Really good. Uh, Bubble Tape came out in 1988. <laughs> okay. Bubble Tape. <laughs> That was good. That was still good. It's still, it's still here. <laughs> and uh, if you ever want to really hurt somebody, you open up bubble tape and then you just take a bite out of it <laughs> instead of using the roll. And Don't then do just there, and then just, Don't you, do that. That ruin, that'll ruin you their whole animal. day. animal. <laughs> <laughs> that'll ruin their whole dang day. Uh, Willow came out in 1988. Did you watch Willow? My sister really liked like Willow. And she had... She had the, I don't remember if it was a, I'm assuming it was a DVD. Yeah. Like when they were first coming out, it was with her never been kissed and Willow and what a girl want. No, she's all that. Maybe she's all that. <laughs> she's all that. The one with Melissa Joan Hart. I, don't is that that one? I think that is. I think it's like the one, uh, teen movie that uh, Melissa Joan Hart was in. Maybe. <laughs> She had Willow, and I like I watched it one time with her, and I was like, mm. "Yeah, it's again, don't... it's in that weird fantasy yeah. genre that I don't like. Yeah, I just can't get into." But it was popular. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. popular enough. 
Lunchables came out in 1988. Wow. Lunchables launched in 1988, wow. back then, where they had their own cracker. And all they had was the stackers. You had the, the, the different stackers. You had the turkey, the ham, and the bologna stackers. Mm-hmm. Cracker, cheese. What was your, what was your ideal build? For a, a Lunchable, like how did you make your Lunchables, your Cracker Stackers? So I, I want layer by layer here. I did not. Was it more crackers? If you didn't like do they the all, sandwich, I believe it was all the same. Like you had eight of everything. I there were like I I had to be even. Okay. So if it was like cracker meat cheese cracker to make sure I didn't end up with a bunch of crackers at the end, I might do that. I'm pretty sure you had the same amount of crackers as you had everything else. No, okay. I think I, so I think I did cracker, cheese, meat, cracker. And then by the end of it, you got to have double meat and cheese <laughs> in your sandwich. <laughs> well, if, uh, you should be able to do that right away then if they're all the same, right? Because if you're using two crackers and you can use two meats and two cheeses, so yeah. you made, you made double sandwiches essentially. Yeah. So you can use two be- crackers. Cracker, cheese, meat, cheese, cracker. Oh my gosh. Or then, because then you can go cracker, cheese, meat, cheese. Did I say that? Meat, cheese, meat. (laughs) So confused now. (laughs) Uh, I was, I was the, I did not ever want to make a sandwich because I felt like every time I put two crackers on, I just had cracker go everywhere every time I bit into it. (laughs) So I was always just straight. Cracker, meat, cheese on top. Hold it that way. Mm. Cheese was clean enough. Wasn't wet. <laughs> eat these tiny little hors d'oeuvres almost. Uh, in fact, I, re- I still remember even like in fifth, sixth grade at lunch uh, at school, watching other people build their stuff all weird and thinking, this is not appropriate. <laughs> you, you should use, you stack them one, two, three, and that's how you eat them. Look at the mess you're making. What are you doing? What are you thinking? <laughs> this is before they they switched to using Ritz crackers in them. Uh, they had their own just normal cracker that they made. They're not and I Ritz anymore. I feel like I like them better. Are they not Ritz now? Mm-mm. It's the same company. So. I'm pretty sure they're still Ritz. I think they're Wheat Ritz, but I think they're Ritz. Do we get the off-brand for our children? Because I remember <laughs> opening the kids and going, what kind of cracker is this? This isn't... <laughs> This isn't a Lunchable cracker. I don't know. What maybe. kind of cheap cracker are you sticking we in my Lunchable? Have, we might have gotten the, the weird blue ripoff ones. <laughs> <laughs> but I preferred the crackers that weren't Ritz. They were just kind of, they were like a crispier butter cracker. Hmm. They weren't as buttery as Ritz were. Ritz are so buttery that they're almost soft when you chew them. They don't crisp. They don't crunch as much. I'm all about Ritz. I mean, they're good. I just... I like the other ones better. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, it came out with uh, the pizza Lunchables mm-hmm. uh, when I was a kid, early 90s. <laughs> Bless you. Excuse uh, me. Which little disc, little disc <laughs> of dried up dough, some still banger pizza sauce, really good pizza <laughs> sauce. That's uh, to, to this day, I believe that's the only reason kids liked it, because the sauce is so good. And then you not, shred not it. Not true for Johnny. Not true for our, our Johnny. He doesn't like sauce at all. No sauce. Uh, you put <laughs> some shredded, shredded mozzarella, mm-hmm. and then either thick little pepperonis or a little accent of cheddar cheese. <laughs> so good. I don't understand how they formulated this cold, uncooked pizza to be so tasty. 
Yeah. So popular that they're still one of the most popular Lunchables out there right now in 2023. Yeah. But they, they nailed it. I never liked it. Oh, I always liked it. And then I tried, I tried microwaving it once. I thought it must be good when they're melted. (laughs) No. Awful. Absolutely gross. No, I didn't do it. My, my grandmother did it. She microwaved That's what it was. So like my mom had sent me to her, I was at her house for the day and she sent me a Lunchable and my grandmother's just making it and just assumed, yeah, obviously you have to cook these. So she microwaved it. And I remember just, this is, I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> this <laughs> what is awful. Do to my lunch? This is so bad. <laughs> Pretty sure she made me eat it. Uh, Land Before Time. Oh, gosh. This was one of those Bambi-esque sad movies. Yeah. yeah. It was a heartbreaking movie. Yeah. I watched it a lot when I was a kid. Did I watched you? the heck out of that tape. I, you know, I did too. Mm-hmm. And, and they then, came out with like 87 more. Yeah. And I didn't watch any of those. This is my childhood. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I'm then, trying to remember lines from it. I remember the leaf was a, a big deal. Just remember the leaf? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Before time, leaf. Petrie. Yeah, is there Petrie? it is. Yeah. Petrie was a little little uh, pterodactyl. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. Tree stars. That's what they called the leaves. Yes. And they had to... Right, because it's really about the end of dinosaurs. <laughs> like they're Well, it kind of was, except food. they made eight more, mo- eight more movies. Though, right. so I don't yeah. know. My sixth graders would watch this during lunch on their iPads. Yeah, well... It was like probably the start of uh, everyone started loving dinosaurs. I mean, it definitely, I, it definitely mm-hmm. humanized dinosaurs for us as kids. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Yep. <sighs> good movie. Weird sequels, but good movie. Mystery Science Theater 3000, the okay. TV series launched then, where they basically just watched old, terrible B movies and made jokes about them. <laughs> and somehow that became a very popular TV show. And they even made a movie. Out of them watching a longer movie. <laughs> I don't understand how that happened. But it's it's there. It's there. Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie, eventually came out. Wow. Uh, Garfield and Friends came okay. out. Where you had half the show. Well, no. It was three cartoons. The first one and the last one were Garfield cartoons. Uh-huh. Garfield and Odie and Normal and John mm-hmm. and the nurse. And then the middle one was always on a farm with mm-hmm. Orson the pig mm-hmm. and all of the farm animals there had nothing to do with Garfield. <laughs> I feel like maybe one time they kind of crossed over, but other than that, you never saw them in the same universe. I feel like it had to happen one time. I feel like I'm remembering it once. Was like, that like them forcing you to watch this other cartoon they made up because they know you'll watch Garfield? No, I think so. It we're going to sneak this other one in. I think it was more that they didn't have faith in Garfield alone carrying oh. three cartoons. Mm. They wanted to give you a bit of variety. So it was Garfield and friends, even though they're not technically his friends because <laughs> they don't know each other. <laughs> um, I don't remember much of the characters in. in the Orson the Pig ones. I remember there was a there was a little chick. Oh, the and, and then, then the, a little chick that was still in the shell. He wasn't hatched Sheldon. Yet. Yes. 
and he yeah. wasn't hatched. Yeah. It was just legs were sticking out, so uh-huh. he'd walk around. And it would talk like this. <laughs> you wouldn't fully be able to understand him because he's in a shell. Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> This was also the year that the original version of Whose Line Is It Anyway premiered, hosted by Clive Anderson. Okay. Um, I always thought it might have been just like British because, but then they still had Brian Stiles mm-hmm. and Colin Mockery. And I think the, the other, a couple of the other guys, Brad Sherwood occasionally, they didn't have Wayne Brady yet, I don't think. Um, but... I also knew that at the time that was filming, Ryan Stiles was on the Drew Carey show, who would later become the host of Whose Line Is Anyway, Drew Carey. So I'm like, well, there's no way that he, the Brian freaking Stiles, who is not a rich actor by any means, is flying back and forth from the UK to America every mm. week to mm-hmm. film that show and then this show. And so now it makes sense. It, it was just hosted by a British guy, but it wasn't <laughs> necessarily... But I know there was a British version uh, that uh, might have also been hosted by the same guy. But there was an actor. Um, but I mean, those those two actors really made it seem. Colin Mockery's Canadian. Uh, yeah, they're they're all uh-huh. from over here, and yeah. so. But it was good. Uh, I loved how uh, mm-hmm. it became. Just, I mean, it brought improv into everybody's normal world mm-hmm. like improv has always kind of been a thing in acting in the acting world mm-hmm. but putting it in everybody's living rooms making us uh appreciate coming up with jokes on the fly mm-hmm. yeah and uh Colin mockery and ryan styles wayne brady brad sherwood greg something or other all of them real good yeah okay. Colin mockery Fun actually time. starting a uh, a dry bar comedy improv group as well okay right now which i think is really cool uh which is clean comedy essentially which i mean i can't say whose line is anyway has always been clean it's been clean in the sense that there hasn't like been language but they make a lot of inappropriate jokes right (laughs) but But they were on tv so they had to watch themselves they did uh (laughs) we're already out of time but let's just quickly zoom through these last two super mario brothers 2 which we touched on earlier but this was originally a sequel sequel to uh, doki doki panic Mm -hmm. in japan Mm -hmm. uh this was a thrown together sequel to super mario brothers because uh Japan did not think that uh, we 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 Americans could handle the real Super Mario Brothers two that they got. Um, it was fun. It was way different than any other Mario game has been. Uh, I mean, of course, then it was very different from the first game, but like since then, it's also been very different from any other game. But it's given us a lot of the characters that weren't originally Mario characters, like Shy Guy and Birdo and things like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I had a lot of fun to it and a weird villain that I think has only made a couple of weird appearances in certain games uh, since then, but uh, I enjoyed it. <sighs> and then lastly, this is the year that Venom joined uh, the comic book pantheon wow. as a character. Now, we had had the Venom suit, the black suit, uh, with Spider-Man for about four years by this point. But Venom, as his own standalone character, came out in 1988, a weird alien symbiote, and villain mm-hmm. and sometimes anti-hero uh, in the Spider-Man universe. Wow. With two pretty decent movies out right now. Was he just as ugly mm-hmm. back then? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe less ugly. I feel like they've made him a little more ugly to make him a little more fierce looking. But yeah. 
pretty ugly. Yeah. Still. Pretty <laughs> ugly. 1988. 1988, I think, was also the year that um, Killer Clowns from Outer Space came out. If it wasn't 1998, it was one of these years because I saw it in a list that I was pulling from. Uh-huh. It was around this time, the late 80s, early 90s, that they were just making everything super ugly mm-hmm. to make them scary. And I hated that. Because it got me every time. Yeah. Killer Clowns, I've, and I, I had suppressed this until a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I always thought my the reason I was scared of clowns was just because my brothers made me sit down and watch it. Right. But they right. also exposed me to Killer Clowns from Outer Space, which was really? campy and stupid. But as a kid, yeah. not understanding the movie and just seeing the creepy versions of these disgusting clown aliens. Yeah. That too. That too got me. So right. those yeah. two movies are why I'm scared of clowns as an adult. I don't run away screaming, okay? <laughs> but I get the sweats when they're nearby. Hear me out. What? Clown with a lab coat. <laughs> <laughs> Make me feel calm. This clown graduated medical school. Oh, man. And with that... Oh, saying type it out just as she said it. What about a clown in a white coat? That's hilarious. That's hilarious. That'll be the the most fearsome thing to drive me. And he's gonna come take your blood pressure. (laughs) Even if he was just a normal clown, not a scary killer clown, just a normal clown outfit, and came up in a white coat to take my blood pressure. I'm pretty sure my head would pop off <laughs> from the pressure. Okay. 2010 over 130. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> With that, we're going to wrap up our week of nerding out on uh, years gone by. Bobble Matt. <laughs> Sometime next season, we will tackle 1989 through 1992. Tomorrow here on YouTube or on LTN Radio and on our podcast feed, you can catch the Rise and Shine weekly uh, episode, our recap of just these four focus topics for the week, uh, all in one episode. But as for today, we are out of here because we're out of coffee and we got to get going. <laughs> but before we go, let's get our verse of the day. Uh, today's verse is James 2.17. So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. And with that, Thursday is in the bag. And this also brings a close to our first uh, season, our short first season. We'll be taking mm-hmm. the next three weeks off to evaluate how things went. I went to Australian right there with my accent. Evaluate how things <laughs> went this past month. Uh, tweak some things before our return. Maybe we'll just have Australian accents when we come back uh, on August 7th with our full season two as we kick off there. Uh, Mosaic says, just want to let you all know, great job. And Deidre, you're killing it and getting better every episode. I agree with you. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) All right. Thank you for joining us for Rise and Shine Nerds. We want to invite you to get behind the scenes by joining our LTN Discord community. Once you've joined at lovethynerd.com slash Discord, simply go to Channels and Roles and click on the Rise and Shine Nerds channel to gain access to it. You can help us plan shows and segments and even be on the show yourself on occasion. Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app or through the Love Thy Nerd YouTube channel. And don't miss an episode. Trombone Dalek, thank you for cheering those bits. Uh, and tell us what you think of the show via our socials at Rise and Shine LTN on Facebook and Twitter. 
Once again, I'm Radio Matt. I'm Deidre. And as always, a reminder. Jesus loves you, nerds.